Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Fair Chase Podcast. Before we start this episode, we're going to again take a little time to thank a little bit of the people who helped make this show possible. First up is 2.0 Gear. Uh, it's a new brand that we just started partnering with. Uh, they make awesome uh, high-end technical uh, hunting clothes, camo. Um, and so they're based in Michigan yep. and a uh, new company. We've tested them for months. I tested them uh, in the whitetail season last year. Great Merino base layers. Yep. Great awesome Merino shells. Yep. Awesome a, new pattern. A great system for going out west, but we'll use it a ton in the, in the whitetail woods too. So really excited to work with them. 2ogear.com. Go check them out. Next up is Worldwide Trophy Adventures. Uh, it's it's an awesome, uh, basically, connection to outfitters all over the world. So as a lot of people know, good hunting ground is really hard to come by. And um, oftentimes, the best way to ensure that you're going to get in a good spot or you may, maybe you need to legally have a guide is to, to go through an outfitter. Mm -hmm. um, and so... As you might know, if you've heard us before, we've had good experiences and bad experiences with outfitters, uh, which means, you know, in order to ensure you're going to have a good experience, you have to do a ton of research. You have to talk to people. It's just a lot of messing around. Worldwide Trophy Adventures, or WTA, does a lot of this work for you at no charge. So by booking your trip through WTA, you can rest assured that you'll be in a good location with a reputable outfitter um, that they've certified and endorsed. If you're looking to book a trip of a lifetime like I am, mm -hmm. uh, just headed to a moose hunt here through WTA, you're going to want to check them out. Uh, go give them a call. Actually, I have the number right here. It's 1-800-346-8747 or check out their website at worldwidetrophyadventures.com. All right, so we love Trophy Line. They offer more than just saddles. Believe it or not, they have their own climbing sticks. They've got platforms. They've got a ton of extra packs. Gear. They've got packs. They've got everything. Knee pads. Everything that you're going to need to be a saddle hunter, they have it. So if you want to start saddle hunting this year and get into the game like everyone else and really love hunting even more, go to Trophy Line. Check it out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on that purchase. We're big bow hunters. Uh, sights, quivers, stabilizers, those kind of things are really important if you're going to have a deadly setup. Um, and so we've tried a lot of different companies in the industry and we've kind of figured out that we really like Redline gear the best. So, um, we are shooting their torch sites this yeah, year. It's Joe a, Shore, it's a really cool, one. really cool site. Very, there's a lot of good micro adjustments you can make. You mm -hmm. can customize a lot of the stuff on there really make it your own. The chargeable USB rechargeable yeah, light is really sweet. Cool. Um, and so we're huge fans of their stuff. We use them all the time. It's worth going to check them out. Uh, check out Redline. Use the promo code TFC10 for 10% off your purchase. And uh, let us know what you think. We love them. Welcome to another episode of the Fair Chase Podcast. Uh, appreciate you guys um, tuning in, especially in the heat of deer season. I'm just getting back in the woods from a little hunting this morning. Um, didn't get one. I've tagged out, so I'm just going with the other guys. Uh, and I just say that so I can brag, um, right. but we were out and uh, I did see Joe, who's one of our members here today, shoot a squirrel out of the tree at 72 yards with his bow today. Fantastic. That's awesome. Just to, and he's like, I think I hit it in the neck. I'm like, really? We go up and he had sl the broadhead just sliced, sliced his neck. It was like a really a perfect shot. It was pretty sweet. So he threw <laughs> his uh, frame pack, you know hauled that thing out of there we didn't even need to quarter it up to get it get it back to the truck so pretty sweet um excited today uh because one of the things we were doing in the tree stand today we're looking at trail camera pics as one does when they're waiting for deer to come uh and so um for the past couple of weeks joe has been telling me about wise eye 
uh, just a, a trail camera company. I hadn't heard much about, um, but you know, he was showing me some of the things that go with the software and uh, the, you know, the hardware, which makes, you know, it's really clear pictures and everything else. And I was like, Oh, I'll reach out to these guys. I, I'd love to learn more. I've, you know, basically that, that was what led me to Jason Ray, the, to your door. Um, so Jason, before we get in to the conversation here, do you mind just introducing yourself and what you do? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, so like I said, I'm Jason Ray. I am the CTO here at WiseEye. So I'm responsible for all the development and I, uh, take care of research and development for new products as well as the software development. So that's a big part of our business is we don't want to be just another camera company. We want to be a complete solution for a hunter. So uh, our software is really a big, big part of our camera. So uh, I yeah. spend a lot of time dealing with that, trying to update features and things like that. And I do a lot of the podcasts because I'm the techie guy. So that's the, who the podcast host always wants to talk to is the guy with the answers. So I yeah, that's to right. Be that guy. <laughs> it's always, you know, w w would you consider yourself a nerd? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I've got a Star Trek mug sitting on my desk right here. Do you so, really? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Fantastic. I actually uh, have Star Wars today. So there you go. Yoda okay. on the mug. <laughs> you know, I can appreciate that. Uh, Jared, who's not on a uh, big Star Wars fan. I'm a, I'm a medium Star, Star Wars fan. I'm more of a Agreed. Marvel guy myself. So I don't know what that do makes you think of me, but. You know, well, I've uh, I have two toddlers, so I don't have time to be in anything anymore. I'm just I'm I'm a full time dad. That's pretty much it. So that's fair enough. Yeah, no, I'll I'll I'm I have a one, and I'm really excited to introduce her to what I have tried to make a yearly thing. I call it Avenuary, and initially it was a lot easier to do before, but I try to watch through chronologically all the right. uh, Avenger movies in January or February usually. Um, but they've gotten long. So it like, usually sometimes we'll start like December and run through March, you know, right. so, but she hasn't seen any of them. She's 11 yet, which, you know, maybe she's really sheltered, <laughs> but when she sees them, she's, her mind is going to be blown. I haven't seen any of them since in game. That was after that. I was like, okay, I'm kind of done. That storyline's over. So I'm kind of yeah. good now. And not uh, even the Spider-Man one with the three of I them. Know, not, I did. Tr I did see the one of the Spider-Man after in game. I think there's been two, right? Since in game. Yep. Yeah, uh, so I saw good. one of them. So Loki's good too. It's on right now. It's been good, really uh, good. I'll try that. I'll check it out. So, so, uh, well, enough of the nerd talk here. Let's uh, let's get down <laughs> to hunting. Uh, so, uh, how long has Wise Eye been around? I, I like I said, I, I've come into this conversation knowing very little about you guys, other than I was messing around with your camera stuff this morning. Sure. So yeah, we, we we have a weird background. So we got started about 10 years ago. We actually were presented with a challenge from the USDA to build a species-specific feeder. And the idea was okay. that we could poison feral hogs. Uh, we actually went out, we built that feeder. We, we first built it with uh, audio recognition. We could hear a hog grunting <laughs> as he came to the feeder and we would open doors. And then eventually we moved to video recognition. Uh, and what became very apparent was that while the government had interest in building a feeder, they had no interest in approving a toxin. Yeah, uh, so sure, the feeder still exists. Yeah, the feeder still exists. It's actually sitting in our barn right now. Um, but there's no toxin for it because the government's never done anything with the toxin. And the people who research the toxin, they live on grants. So why would I <laughs> solve the problem? Because that makes the grant money go away. So that's right. We realize that we're never, we have this tech that can open and close these feeder doors based on animal recognition, and we have nothing to do with it. Yeah. And so we started marrying that tech to cameras so that you could do more than just get a picture of a deer. So we were the first ones to come out with species recognition and, you know, related to a trail camera. We also do predictions. We can pattern the movement for you. We can do predictions based on the weather, based on the previous history. So we've been doing the trail camera thing for four or five years now. Uh, 
and it's really taken off in the last year or so. We've just had a really great feedback from people. Uh, people love the software. The camera makes a really, you know, really good, clear picture. But truthfully, the, the biggest thing that people tell differentiates us is that we pick up the phone when you call. Uh, so yeah. whenever you have an issue, we are super accessible. Um, I actually handle all the support myself. So there's a good chance if you're talking to somebody after hours, it's probably me. And uh, so that's been the biggest thing is we just uh, decided we were going to treat people the way we wanted to be treated. And uh, people have really responded to that. So That's what Joe mentioned. He said, I had some issues. I called, was it Harold? Harold, yeah. Harold's my father-in-law. Like, he's CEO. So. Yeah. He's like, he answered him. Like, he's like, you fixed it right up. It's like weird that you can get right into, because, well... Yeah, I won't throw out names of cameras, but I have issues. And it's like, I've called like over two weeks and it goes to some other country and I never hear, you know, I have no answer. And we have one yesterday. Uh, He came in our office to buy a camera. We do have a small retail store in the front. He came in our office to buy a camera and he was still on hold with another camera company. (laughs) And he had been on hold for an hour and a half. And he was bragging about, see, I'm still on hold with him. And uh, so we get that a lot. We, we, we just we don't want to do that. We want to answer the phone. We want to call people back. You don't get a uh, recording saying press one for English when you call yeah. our office. <laughs> Instead, you get my new cousin in law, Megan, answering the phone. So uh, yeah. it's 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 a family thing. Everybody in the office is related or you know just about related. So uh, we, we're just having a good time. That's so cool. Yeah, it's like, hi, my name is John Smith. It's like, mm-hmm. ah, your name's not John Smith. That's not your accent, exactly. you know. <laughs> no, that's cool. So, um, you guys, you know, you, you developed this kind of your the software background. Um, <clears throat> always been hunters too. Oh yeah, every one of us, all all hunters and fishermen. Um, some of us more deer, some of us more duck hunters. Yeah, you know, but we're all all hunters and we all fish. So a solid uh, we, mix. We, we got introduced, so none of us were really big turkey hunters, and we've gotten introduced to turkey hunters through trail cameras. And uh, I have the utmost respect for turkey hunters. They have a passion for turkey hunting that I I just don't even understand. Like, these people are, are so into turkey hunting, um, and the stuff they will do to get a turkey just blows my mind. So, uh, You know, I'm new to turkey hunting. I'm new to turkey hunting too. I started, well, I guess semi new. It's been probably at least a decade now. So I don't know what new, when it becomes regular or like old, but mm-hmm. I feel new to turkey hunting. I didn't grow up doing it until I was out of law school. And uh, it is, every year I do it, I say like, this is more fun than even last year. And every year it gets more fun. I just actually, a couple of days ago, missed a turkey. I, oh, uh, did you? Yeah. You know, I, I had this spot where they, they come out regularly. And they roost right by a trail camera. Speaking of trail cameras, not one of yours. Sorry to say, and I, I get a lot of pretty grainy pictures. That's why you missed. So yeah. that's why I missed. And so I've got a, like a random assortment. So, um, so anyways, <clears throat> I go out and make a ground blind. I'm like, I'll sit here. I know I'm going to see some bucks or something crazy because I'm tagged out, not even trying to get them, and it's in a decent spot. But I'm like, I want to try to get a turkey tonight. So I sit down. Sure enough, like. First of all, Buck did cruise by at like three yards. I'm on the ground Mm -hmm. once, right? He's a fork, but um, I'm sitting there. I see these heads kind of like stupid heads kind of bopping over the, you know, the hill. And uh, I'm like, all right, great. You know, here I'm getting ready for they're going to go right into the window like I expected. Well, I didn't know. They also, there's like 30 of them because they they Mm -hmm. group up so much in the, the winter. They also come from the other side. I didn't know until they're like right behind me almost in my blind, like right next to it. I can't even, I wanted to film it. It would have been cool. Couldn't get that done. I'm like, all right, so I've got some here. I can't move. There's some coming. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So he kind of moves off and gets a little spooky. 
they move in and I'm like, crap, I just got to draw and see what happens. Well, as I draw, there was another group of Toms behind me. Wow. And so they all, like, I just, it's too fast, too many of them. And it just blew up the whole hunt. And I probably, I don't know. I, I know I should have done it better. I don't know exactly how I'm not smart enough to figure out yet how I ruined it, but I know I did. And uh, so I drew back one. They kind of, you know, you can hear them clucking as they, you know, kind of start to get out of there. And um, I'm like, oh, that looks like 25 yards. I'll take a, take a crack at it. <laughs> it was like 40 yards. I shot into the dirt, like not Ooh. even so short, right? What was funny, though, is I scare these turkeys back. And they bump into another group that was coming in from another direction Good in grief. front of them. And they start fighting because they think that they're like, what? they just think something's going on. And so they're, you have you ever seen them where they jump and they put their, mm -hmm. their claws and they're just like going at each other. They made so much noise and fought for five minutes after that. Uh, I probably could have gotten out and just tried to walk up on them and shoot them. But all that to say is my fall turkey tag here in Michigan is unfilled. And I only have like a week till it's done. So I think I'm uh turkey list for the year so so far my impression of turkey hunting is that it's too much work for me i uh, <laughs> i hunt and fish to relax like somebody took uh, one of our outfitters that we yeah. work with took uh daryl and harold so harold's our ceo and daryl is our coo and their brothers and they took them turkey hunting for their first time uh this past january i think yeah and daryl tells a story about shooting his first tom and how he had to crawl across the ground for like 200 yards to get a shot <laughs> like you know what I'll, i'm just gonna sit in my stand sip it on my coke and shoot my deer okay, like, I'll be okay. <laughs> i respect that you know you gotta know what you're about why are you out yeah. in the woods and there's a specific reason so i'm the guy that is crawling i bet that's for go. everything that i hunt i feel like i end up crawling for some reason see i uh, work that hard for fishing for some reason i don't mind what well, yeah, yeah I, I deep sea yeah. fish which is in, a crazy amount of work goes into doing a single trip, right? But yep. uh, for hunting, I just I kind of want to sit back and watch things, you know? I like that. <laughs> I like that. All right. We're going to take a pause here real quick and just thank a few more guys and companies that help make this show possible. First up is Vortex. We can't say it enough. We love their glass. We love their binoculars, spotting scopes, range finders, their apparel. James, James is rocking a nice little hoodie here. They make awesome stuff, and if you guys are looking to make a purchase at Vortex, go over to their website and use the code TFC20 to save yourself 20% on the next purchase. That's a big, good discount. Use it. Head over there and get something. A bow makes a man. Does and, it? Yeah, that's what I was told. And we're, we're big fans of uh, Prime Bows. Shooting it for years. Michigan-based company. Uh, we're shooting their latest Revix series of bows. Mine's that 36 long boy. I'll generally year. take a few shots right back here and just. Yeah, yeah we, we're huge fans. Smooth, uh, great balance. Um, they're, they're just go check them out. There's tons of technology. One of my favorite things that they have is their grip. Hmm. Uh, space age space technology age. keeps your hand warm even when it's cold. Um, highly recommend go check out Prime Archery. Finally, Lathrop and Sons boots. Your feet kill animals. Like the more you walk, the more chances you have at getting that big buck, that big elk, moose, whatever it is. Uh, Lathrop and Sons have been kind of our go-to boot of choice for a while now. Um, we've put in a lot of miles, taken them all over the place. There's no leaking. It's comfortable. Stephen and James there, like, spent – they're, like, foot like, they're scientists. Ge they're geniuses. I got messed up feet, and they basically will – you know, you take an imprint of your foot. They'll look at it, look at your arch, how wide it is, how narrow, how long, and they literally build the boot around your foot. So you're not going to a box store and picking up something that you hope is going to fit your boot. These things actually are tailor-made to your foot. 
so they're super comfortable. Mine, I could I could walk all day in them. So if if, if you're looking to and get you a have. boot, if, <laughs> I have. If you're looking for a boot that's made for you and not somebody else, go check up Lake Thurman Sons. So you know, developing you know when you when you wanted to start Wise Eye, you had a lot of these you know this uh, software chops, right? Like mm-hmm. experience. Like what made you? Why did you do this? Like why would you decide to jump into this random category where there's a lot of cameras out there already? There there's a lot of companies. Well, like I said we had something we felt was different. So we had this predictor that could do the that could do the detection. It could do the species recognition, and then we could start building charts and patterns off of that. Uh, and we actually, our original idea was not to build a trail camera. We never wanted to be a trail camera company. We wanted to provide a back end because at the time, I mean, cell cams were really just getting, you know, just getting mainstream. They had come down from being thousand dollar devices and they were yeah. just starting to get something that every hunter was getting. Uh, and so we were thinking this would be a great back end system. We've already done the legwork. And so we shopped it around to several of the manufacturers saying, Hey, this would be a great system let's partner up. And they, they were, they were totally uninterested. They wanted to keep everything in house, everything proprietary. Sure. Uh, and so we got to this point where it's like, Hey, we've got the software. We know this is a good solution. Uh, what if we had a camera? And yeah. then what we realized is the software needed a high quality picture because we want to do uh, species recognition. Yeah. And so we're not the only player doing that anymore. Some people have copied us a little bit on that. Uh, they and have <laughs> with varying levels of success. And one of the reasons that they have trouble with it, is their images were too small. They were sending these really tiny images and trying to get the computer to pull a lot of data out of an image that doesn't have any data in it. And so we started with, hey, we have to have a big picture. Uh, And so for the longest time, we were sending by far the biggest picture in the market. A couple of manufacturers have updated their firmware and stretched their little pictures (laughs) to make them bigger uh, to keep up with us. And and that's fine. We like that. And we're happy to help, you know, if you have one of those other cameras, your pictures are bigger now, you're welcome. You're here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And, uh, but we just, like I said, we had this product that we knew was a good solution for hunters. We were enjoying using it yeah. and marrying it to a camera just made good sense. And, uh, so we've, yeah, that's where we've been at for the last few years. And we know these other manufacturers, we, we, we have nothing bad to say no. about any of the camera manufacturers. We know these people, we're friends with a lot of them. We've had dinner with most of them. Uh, and everybody just has their own little niche in the market of what they want. And our goal is not to be the cheapest. We, we, we don't have any interest in being in every Walmart across the country. We'd much rather have a relationship with our customer. We'd much rather you go to the mom and pop hunting store and buy our camera or you buy it from our website. We would rather know you and, and be part of your success story than just sell yeah. you a camera and never talk to you again. Uh, so that's where we're a little different. We, we enjoy this. That, may, that means we may never be the biggest trail camera company. And we're okay with that. We're just still having a good time. So, yeah, no, that's totally cool. And, uh, I mean, the software is cool. Um, you know, uh, being able to recognize and then take that and, you know, pair it with weather and moon and temperature, barometric pressure, like how, how, you know, taking all that information and mm-hmm. putting it together to create a prediction, like what does that process even look like? So it's it's multifaceted. It started with you know the object rec- the species recognition. So once we know what's an image, that that's a lot of the legwork done for us. Um, once we know that information, we can start part pairing it with the weather uh, and the location, uh, and then we actually start looking out at the area. So then we can start looking at the activity across multiple cameras. We could take that information and. We have an AI model that goes back and looks at all of this data and makes the prediction for us. And so that's the big differentiator of our predictions. And, and we're, 
I'll be honest, we're struggling with our predictions, trying to make them accessible for the average user so they understand what they're looking at. Uh, sure. But the big differentiator with our predictions is this isn't based on my opinion. Uh, this isn't, we didn't go pay a professional hunter to, or a guide service to tell us when deer move. Um, <laughs> this is the AI looking at your actual images, going back in time and saying, okay, here's what affected the images on this camera the most. And sometimes that is as simple as it got colder and the deer moved. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's much more complicated than that. It just depends on the herd and the pressure and you know, a number of factors. And so having the AI make the decision of what prediction value is important moving forward. So our predictions, once you get to that stage, uh, once you get to the forecasting part of our app, like I said, they're based off of your data uh, and your location. So it's not a generalized thing. And so we, we do tend to be a little bit more accurate on that. But like I said, we do struggle with making that understandable for most sure. people. So we're still working Accessible. on it. We're still getting there. Yep. Well, and what I, <clears throat> we have, should I say this? We've used tools that are based on experts' opinions on deer movement, which is great. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of validity and <clears throat> that's for sure, good. For sure. But the benefit in some of, you know, and a lot of people are saying this about AI in a bunch of different, different mm -hmm. uh, uh, capacities, but um, if you can just feed it data and it can see what's been happening, it can it can make a decision or make a prediction based on so many factors that we as human beings just can't all keep juggling in our head at once, which is more powerful to me at least uh, and more personal personalized than anything really else can be. Cause it's based on your data, you're feeding it and your specific situation. And then, you know, I'm sure it takes in time of the year and everything else, oh, for but sure, for sure. um, that's really cool. Yeah, we, we, like I said, that's the big thing for us is we didn't want to just make a prediction and try to say this applies to everybody. Uh, we've used those services too, and some of them are great, and we, we enjoy using some of them. Yep. But what we found is that the AI takes the bias out of it. Yeah. So I can't tell you how many people I've talked to believe things that their grandfather taught them, like, oh, deer don't move in the rain, or deer yeah. don't do this. When and it's, it's a like, full well, AI, moon, deer won't yeah, move. It was a full moon six nights ago, and your mother had a sore foot, and that means deer don't move, right? <laughs> so we got all these things that we put together. It, the, we take the biases out of that with our predictions, and so we end up with understanding a much better picture of what's actually going on. So my property last year, um, I had a deer that I really wanted to get. I, I did not get him. It was my wife's fault. Um, but I knew for a fact he was going to I – needed, I needed cold weather, and I actually needed rainy weather. He was either going to come right before or right after the rain, but that's when I was going to see him. And uh, sure enough, I had the perfect morning. I had the stand picked out and everything. Um, but the stand was a one-person stand, very much a one-person stand. Uh, <laughs> my wife gets to hunt maybe one day a year. And so that morning, I was at the camp, and she goes, uh, I'd like to go with you this morning. I've arranged child care for the boys. I'd like <laughs> to go with you. So we switched to a two-person stand, and I was watching our app as that big uh, big 10 pointer that I want to shoot walks right out at the exact time that I thought he was going to walk out from the exact direction. And I just had to sit there and watch it. My wife's going, Oh, you weren't going to hunt that stand. Were you? It's like, no, no, no. I wasn't going like to do tweaks. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. right. So the, the very next doe that came out dropped. Cause I was just mad at that point. That so. makes sense. <laughs> you did the right thing. You did the right thing. <laughs> Actually, it's so funny. You say that. Uh, I don't know what kind of makes me think of this, but I got a buddy, um, text me a picture of this deer. <laughs> this buck early in the year and he's like hey look at this buck i just passed and if you know anything or people who listen know uh we're not much on the passing deer if it's mm -hmm. a three and a half year old deer it's 
down it's and going we, down. you know we're we're not you know we're not stuck up and by any means so <clears throat> since then i've been just giving him a hard time like i can't believe you passed this deer up like you're so dumb you know I, why, who, who do you think you are are you better than me you know what do you think <laughs> uh to this morning i get a text from him he shot that buck and so no, I, I, I feel like i i feel pressured him into it partly responsible for that one yeah exactly yep. i i think uh, our, our friends at the national deer association might like not love you know that approach but i feel like man he it's, it's the rut you know it's it's just time to make something happen so yeah no, we're very cool. much uh we're very much freezer fillers around here it's like we Same. hunt based on how empty the freezer is at that point you know if the freezer's really empty that doe doesn't stand a chance that's man. right <laughs> so that's freezer's right a little bit full we'll wait on the we'll wait on a mature buck you know i like and so, you said you're in louisiana yeah we're in louisiana so yeah 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 well actually one you called me the other day and i regularly get um spam calls from louisiana oh do you and so i assumed we you left a voicemail and i was like oh i'm not calling that number back it's some you know spam i, I don't get calls from louisiana very much in my day so where, where are you located again i forgot michigan so the west side of the state uh, oh, okay near grand rapids uh yeah near near grand rapids we'll say i gotcha i gotcha so yeah, a it's a little bit different. Uh, a little bit different deer populations between our two places. So yeah, uh, we've got we've we, got a lot and not a lot of big bucks. But you know what? This year, I'll say we've seen a lot of good bucks. So what do I know? I mean, yeah, we have we tend to have smaller deer on average. It gets too hot down here for the big deer. Yeah. So my brother hunts with his in laws in Wisconsin, and I'm amazed at the size of some of those deer. Yep. Uh, I mean, he's basically hunting in the tundra for as far as I care. So yeah, uh, but it's, uh, he has some huge deer up there. So. Yeah, I shot one. My second one from this year I shot was uh, I hung I hung it up in my garage and I couldn't get the nose was touching the top of the garage and the school were touching the ground. I'm like, holy cow. It was brutal. We had to drag him out. It was a half a mile drag. It was down a trail. So it was an <sighs> easy drag, but still, man, to take him that far. I, my, thankfully, my two brothers came out to help me drag. Uh, and one went and woke the other one up and he's like you gotta help drag james's deer out so he kind of come he's got sweatpants on and socks in crocs and his sweatpants are tucked <laughs> into his croc or his socks you know but you know he he's a big weight lifter so i expected some strength out of him and we got that you know he helped yep. us get that buck out of there but and he has a pickup truck which is pretty essential for, yeah. for times like that so <laughs> no doubt. yeah you talk about tra uh, having to recover the deer my brother uh the first deer he ever shot in wisconsin i reloaded the bullet for him i made i made some 308 bullets for him yeah and uh he called me and he said well i don't think the he said i think there's something wrong with that load i said well why he goes well it didn't exit I said, well, man, I'm sorry I didn't exit. I said, were you able to recover the deer? He goes, well, yeah, we uh, we went out my father-in-law's back porch. We shot the deer about 200 yards from the house. He ran back to the house and died in the driveway. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what else you want the bullet to do. Yeah. Like, I mean, that seems I, pretty good to me. <laughs> I feel like you want me to keep making that exact bullet. Yeah, that, that's the load you want forever, right? So. <laughs> that's the perfect load. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So you, um, you've obviously a lot of thought, uh, a lot of work goes into uh, the software. Uh, which is really cool. And, and like I said, uh, you know, Joe has been singing your praises. Um, and, you know, again, we're not sponsored or partnered or anything. It's just something mm -hmm. that he called to my attention as, as a really good product. Um, do you, like, how often are you developing new things? How, how does that? All the time. All the yeah. time. We're constantly in new development. Um, we have, I was talking to the developer before we got on here on this call about new features that are coming out. Uh, for the rest of this year, we'll be focused primarily on just uh, user interface improvements. So trying to 
make things more accessible, more understandable. Um, we're starting to understand our customer better, and we know that a lot of our customers either are not tech savvy or don't want to uh, have to do a lot to get the information they want. They want it sure. right there, and so we're trying to we're trying to streamline it, and it's difficult. Uh, but yeah, we're constantly in new development. We have a long list of new projects that are coming out and new ways to use the data that we have. The interesting thing about our software is it is it is a patented software. So the reason you don't see other camera companies out there making predictions based off the images is they can't do it. Uh, my ah. patent locks them down. We uh, Our patent says that if you take two trail camera images and you make a prediction based off of those specific images, that's that's my patent. You can't do that. And uh, so that's why we're the only ones doing this is uh, luckily we had a, we had a really great patent attorney that we had worked with. You, and did. Goes, you need to lock this one down. And, that was uh, smart. Yeah. So that's why I, that's the reason that's our big differentiators. Our predictions are off of your data. Uh, and we're the only people that can do that. So yeah, we're constantly in a state of new development um, and we're constantly in a state of customer support at the same time. So yeah, the, the, the terrible thing about development is every time you build something, you end up breaking something as well. Uh, so <laughs> sure. as soon as you, as soon as you release this new feature, you're so proud of, you'll have a thousand people tell you it's terrible. Yeah. It's uh, right. Oh, but, it, it, nothing works now. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's like, well, all I did was move the button over to the right a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our favorite thing is when we fix a problem, yeah, we'll have over the summer, we had a particular issue. I don't know what it was. We had hundreds of users that had reported this one little, it wasn't a big issue, but it's just this one little thing that drove them crazy. It's like, okay, we'll fix that, man. We would put an app release the very next day. I've got 10 people on the phone. This is terrible. Why did you do that? And I'm like, it's because you asked me to. So you can't make everybody happy always. It can't make everybody happy. But yeah, we want to improve the predictions. That's our biggest uh, our biggest project moving forward is make this information understandable, relatable. Um, there's so much there. And we're, we're struggling with how to get it all on the screen at one time for you. Yeah. And so we really want to go further with the predictions, with you understanding the deer on your property. Our goal is for everybody to become an expert wildlife manager and understanding what their herd is and, and shooting more quality deer um, and not, not settling because you, you don't know if there's a better deer coming or not. Uh, yeah. I want you to know that, hey, I have a chance at a really great deer. Let's wait. And uh, so that's what we're, that's our goal. And we are always, always looking forward to it. Now, I think that's great. And I like, I mean, objectively think it's great, but subjectively, I think what you should do is make tiers, like a high level paying tier where you get true information. Mm -hmm. And if you're like the entry level or, or lower level, it's like you get close, you get like 70% of the way there. So like when yeah, I go into the woods, yeah, exactly. But you don't get all of it and like the key part. So then when I go out, it like just whittles down the competition a little bit on public there land. You, you know, uh, that's a great idea. That's what we need to come out with. Well, so. Just you know, you've got my email. Um, so when checks roll in from this yeah, idea, you know where to send when royalties it. come yeah. out. I'll just send it right on over. Beautiful. Again. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a wonderful <laughs> thing. So that's cool. Um, so you've got new stuff coming. You're working on the user interface right now. Um, what I like about what I like about cell cams in general is. When I'm not hunting, they give me a sense that I am hunting. Like, mm -hmm. and I know there's people out there that there's they're against it. That, that makes means you don't have woodsmanship skills and everything else. And I mean, I guess I kind of agree in some sense. Like, if that's all you use to understand where deer go, and you don't even take the time to learn, maybe. Um, that being said, to have a photo sent to you and wake up to it every morning with like oh, a couple the fresh photos, it's so cool. It's just fun. You get to see animals doing stuff that like. You probably wouldn't other uh, other otherwise oh, see, sure. and you do understand more 
about deer that way. I've learned a ton with, with cell cameras about deer. Oh, for sure. It's a connection to your property that you, you just didn't have without this, yep. right? And I mean, I woke up this morning, rolled over to 180 deer images from last night, and I oh. sat there and thumbed through them and looked at them all. And um, I've gotten to know these deer, right? I remember this deer from last year or that deer from last year. And uh, But I think, you know, my argument for people that say it's, it's, it's making hunting too easy, or I've heard a bunch of arguments against cell camps. If you don't want to use them, that's fine. But my argument is always if they're used properly, and of course that applies to everything, yeah. but if it's used properly, it's a management tool. I know when I go to my property not to shoot the first deer that walks out because yeah. I, I know what's there. And so because of that, you know, last year I was hunting with a cousin of mine who just wanted to fill a doe tag, and he was looking for a doe, and he texted me, can I shoot this doe? I said, no, if you wait five minutes, her babies are coming out. And sure enough, you waited five minutes and both her babies walked out because I had seen that behavior over and over and over again on my cell cam. And so I knew that this doe is still taking care of these babies. If you wait, you'll see the babies. And sure enough, you saw the babies. We didn't shoot that doe. Uh, instead, two hours later, he shot a much bigger doe that didn't have any babies. So we wanted her gone, you know? Perfect. So it helps me make more educated decisions about my property. And so now my deer herd is getting better. Our first year on, uh, I have a timber lease that in North Louisiana. And the first year on the property, we saw maybe one shooter buck. This year, I've got four. Yeah, uh, and wow. so we're, we're, we're increasing it every year because we're, we're making better decisions. Uh, and, uh, my wife's not letting me go hunt. So they're getting to walk. So, you know, there's that yeah. too. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I've, I've heard similar arguments being made about oddly enough, uh, bear hunting over bait. Sure. Because the idea is when you bear hunt over bait, you get a sense of everything that's in there. You get mm -hmm. a, a clean shot and you get to pick the, the specific bear that helps you a, a kind of, um, attain whatever management objective you have with that animal, sure. right? You shoot the mature one, the one without, you know, young younglings, uh, speaking right. of, uh, star Wars, is that younglings? <laughs> is that a good reference? Uh, and, and that's cool. And, and um, it, yeah, so, so I do, I do see the validity in that even, even recently this year, I'm, it always gets to, to be about mid October, of course. And I'm like, I don't know where the deer went it's time for me to take a walk and usually the second third week of october before the pre-rut hits I, where we're at here i'm like i gotta go find a new spot i need to take uh, this opportunity to just still hunt and, and learn because i've got you know i live by a lot of public land that i'm mm -hmm. fairly new to and still learning so did that ended up finding this stick that looked like it got hit by a brush hog right it's it's cut off at the top it's just shredded it's about you know not even chest high Yep. I'm like man, and there's a two two scrapes right there. I'm like that's an interesting spot that I didn't know about. I wonder how bucks use it. I don't really. I know that the, clearly bucks are shredding it. I wonder what this is. What this is, right? Set out a camera. It's been month, maybe not even a month yet. I see. It, again, this is public land, uh, so it's a little harder to track bucks and have you know know them. Mm -hmm. But I've seen like 20, 30 different bucks cruise through there, rub their head on that buck stick, right? And mm -hmm. roll on through and, and suddenly you start to understand. It's like, oh, this is a, a sign that I, I kind of had read about or heard about, but didn't really know what it was or how it actually worked in the field. And so to see, first of all, just to, to, to see how bucks interact with it. And secondly, to see when and third, you know, to see how and if one goes there, what happens an hour mm -hmm. later, you know. And it, to watch that even happen over the course of a year as it goes pre-rut, rut, you know, all these different phases of the year too, what happens in a place like this? So now in the future, if I'm stumbling around in the woods and I find a similar type sign, I can at least have an understanding to say, all right, 
you know, it's end of October pre-rut. The stick, I'm sure, will get hit uh, in the morning occasionally by younger bucks or whatever, you know, whatever I've, I've learned so far. And clearly, I'm still learning. But um, all that to say is, you know, it is a powerful tool both to get success in the field that year, but also like long-term success as a hunter because right. you learn a ton more about how deer act. Right. And one of the things we really like is cell cams seem to have done this in a unique way because trail cams have been out for a long time. Yeah. But with the advent of cell cams, we're seeing more and more younger people attracted back to hunting. And so we're seeing younger, we're seeing teenagers getting into it, but we're seeing a lot of people using our system. They're able to nail down some things a little bit so they understand when that deer is going to be there. Yeah. And it makes it really easy to take your young child hunting yeah. or your grandchild hunting. And so we get tons of stories of, hey, I, I want to take my six-year-old hunting, but I knew he couldn't sit and stand all day. But I knew that during this two-hour window, we could go hunting and see something. Yep. And so, yeah, the six-year-old got his first deer, or they just got to see deer. A lot of times they'll say, hey, I just got to – I'm doing that with my son this year. My son is about to turn five. I'm taking him, putting him in a stand, and he, we're not going to shoot unless right. a pig comes out. Then I, I think I'm legally obligated to shoot pigs in Louisiana. Yeah, I think you um, are, yeah. But uh, if a deer comes out, I just want him to see the deer in the stand and get hooked on that. Yeah, that, that energy Huge. watching the deer walk out. I mean, that's what we want to see is more people getting into hunting in, in a good, positive way. Uh, yeah. And we, we want to see this lifestyle continue, right? And so that's something cell cams have been uniquely good at is connecting with the newer generation of hunters. So yeah. we really I like that. that. We're excited about it. Yeah, it's a huge I – mean, I don't know. You always hear about the three R's and all these recruitment – whatever else. And I, I think just a, a quality hunt will do wonders for getting people in, into the, oh, the exactly. woods. And, and that certainly helps. So, well, we're coming up on time here, Jason, um, mm -hmm. for people who are interested to learn more about software you're doing, the cameras you guys put out following just cool trail camera pictures you guys are posting regularly. Oh, yeah. How can they, how can they find you? So wiseitech.com is our website. We're also all over Facebook. So if you search wise eye camera, so that's W I S E. EYE cameras will come up all over Facebook and Instagram, Google, of course. Uh, we do have some YouTube videos out as well where you can see some of our stuff. Uh, we've been on a bunch of podcasts like this. So, yeah, search Wise Eye Cameras. You'll, you'll find out. Uh, you, you'll find something on us. And uh, we would love to talk to you. If you get on our website, we have a live chat. There, there are actual human beings on the other end of that chat <laughs> that would love to talk to you about hunting. You can call our office anytime and talk to us. So, um, yeah, we, we, we're very accessible. So, uh, WiseEyeTech.com is the website. Wonderful. Thank you very much. And uh, everybody looking forward to uh, seeing you next week. Have a good one. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to go on to any kind of social media platform, give us a like, share, subscribe. You know, it really helps us out. Keeps the train rolling. And if you guys really like what you're listening here, give us a five Either star way, if, even if you don't like it. Even if you don't like review. it. Five stars. That'd helps cool. everyone out. We'll see you out there.